Um, excuse me, could you not stand on my chest? My hat's on fire. I'm Shelby. I am the wonderful Jeremy. And I am Colin, the chosen one. <laughs> okay. Tonight we're going to be talking about the fourth story in the Key to Time series, and that is where we're at. <laughs> the androids of Tara. Yep, the androids of Tara. <laughs> yeah, the, these, these four keys certainly seem like they fit a greater whole. <laughs> I love how this story you start off and immediately we get the key and immediately it is stolen. And there's really not much else to the key to time part of the story. It's pretty much all politics and adventure and very self-contained story this is. Well, the real slight was that there was no, you know, doctor catching fish. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. He, uh, he attempted. He did the sport of fishing, whether fish were caught or not. No, he was. He was there. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess he kind of did. He pretty much got interrupted right away. I thought he had. I thought he was. He was fishing for a while. Just oh, was caught. he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like while Romano was doing her thing, like, like the entire day. About, oh, gotcha. Hanging out there, and and then is. That makes me wonder if the doctor... I mean, we know he's good at a lot of things, but if you spend your entire day fishing and you don't catch one fish... Uh, yeah, better better off fencing than fishing. Yes, I know. There are only android fishes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do android fish dream of electronic hooks? No. No. Oh, I don't know. I can't say. My electronic fish. <laughs> I think K9 was the best fish. electronic entity in this. Oh, yeah. K9 was the best. And let's just say... K9 takes the cake. He takes the, the walls off the castle. Uh, he takes down like 50 walls. guys. Paper thin walls. I mean, those walls... The technology of this planet is insane to have that much insulation in like... K9 makes them paper thin, for he is that powerful. <laughs> Oh, all I'm going to say, though, is the plot battery that K-9 got in this one, he needs to keep it for the rest. Yeah. Because the amount of times he's, like, run out of power just hitting one monster before. and Yeah, floating around on, on, the, on the lake. Yeah. <laughs> in a rowboat. Master, master. All right, let's take a moment to talk about the really creepy villain who is just squeezing all that over knows. everyone. Oh, man, great villain. Honestly, from, from the start, I thought he was captivating. Count Grendel, played yeah, by he, Peter Jeffrey. Yeah, he got Jeffrey. me really quick. So, oh, yes, I own these things. Oh, yes, let me show you the ropes. There's no escaping, oh, yes. my dear. <laughs> Don't you know that artifact is, is mine by law? <laughs> <laughs> 
I love a villain that's really just transparently bad. Like, I mean, at the end, he. I mean, at the end, he just like stopped even trying to hide it. He was just like, "This is yeah. what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna yeah. do it anyway." Yeah, he's like yelling out to lie about like the doctor and calling his sacred oath, and then he's promising his men fifteen grand or whatever to shoot the doctor in the same breath. No wonder they did, can't get a no, shot off. He goes and says, "Hey, we're gonna be having a wedding tonight with what." The prince and, and, and the... Princess. And, and the princess, like, like basically Doctor Who villains. And then he's going to die. He's going to die? And then I'm going to marry the princess. <laughs> like, like, the, like, when you're... That is confidence in villainy right there. You don't get that very often anymore. Yeah, um, I think that also, like, his level of confidence when he pulled the doctor aside and was just like, why don't you betray this guy? He'll betray you. I could make you king, you know? Like, oh, my God. And especially because, like, towards the end of the conversation, you see him back up a bit, and then when they pan out, you realize he's actually backed into the room where everyone else is standing while he's still talking to the doctor. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Is there a part in this, you know, whole turmoil of a series to see the doctor actually have a moment where he's not confident that he's going to just come out of this? That's true. the better? Like, whether it's fencing or... Came through the Android thing, Android thing, or like, oh, K9 will find Romano. <laughs> you know? It seems like he's just never having a bad time uh, during this really tenable situation. But honestly, that is... Well, because he's here on vacation. <laughs> I mean, he clearly is. Really? I mean, his fishing ship, uh, you know, Trump was cut short, but he found other ways to entertain himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot when the doctor can just be that sure of himself in the situation. Like, he's just like, eh, nothing here is really going to bug me. Me too. I think that, like, really, like, shows his age, you know, mm-hmm. and what he's been through and, you know, how many adventures and mm-hmm. how many, you know, world-changing events he has been at the center of. I think it really speaks to the doctor's character, and that's where I love to see him, in a realm, like, where we might be socially unconfident for him to, like, be wavering but still have, like, just a master of self-control and self-confidence that it's going to work out. Yeah. I think that is the magic of the Doctor at its core. And that came through this episode. Yeah. You know what I really wish happened in this episode? I really wish that the android king got to just be king. He seemed like he'd make a really good king. Hey, maybe that happens, you know, <laughs> later on. I mean, it does seem like the best move for everyone. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, the king could just spend his time with Strella, and, yeah. and the king could be more competent and have a better <laughs> I mean, reputation. And the, the doctor seemed to be talking about how, and like, he seemed to be more on Android side sometimes in the story. Like, he's like, yeah, you gotta think my Android's feelings every once in a while. Yeah, there's plenty of Android science floating about to repair this guy. <clears throat> now, hang on. So, does that imply that the doctor's sensitivity towards humans is? Because his companion intends to be human, and when his companion's not human, he's like, "Ask for this guy's." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows? He has one of both in the TARDIS right now, so maybe, maybe he's like really middle of the road. And... What? Canine. And Romana. Romana is not, not human. Not human. She's a time lady. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I was thinking more of like humanity in like a personhood kind of sense, like because we're comparing it to Android. I know that's not the same, but biological sentience versus mechanical sentience. Yeah. What's the distinction that I I, I see how it is. You don't treat canine as like a real 
No. Oh, on the contrary, I, I think he's more real than any of us. Ah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> we have this tragic character of Lamia, who absolutely adores, for some odd reason, Count Grendel. I mean, and that, honestly, <clears throat> is probably the biggest tragedy. <laughs> yeah, I, no, but I, I think, you know, it's that... She she knows she's taking it, being taken advantage of, and that's made like concrete. So yeah, but what's really terrible is that we find out at the very beginning that he slept with her, and then was just like, "I'm done with you," and she's just been hanging around since then. Yeah, and I know this isn't medieval, you know, (laughs) times or anything, but I just kind of get the sense that that has been a plight of women, you know, in Mm -hmm. in ancient history. You kind of have to latch on, like, oh, he's not a perfect guy, but he is paying attention to me, and <laughs> well, I am alive in his presence. From, and there was a line at one point, and it made me wonder if this was kind of like the development of where she came from, because it sounds like, well, what did you do, what, what would I do without you? Get another peasant who knows how to make, fix androids? So that makes me think she's also from the peasantry class, and therefore, like, he has elevated her, so she's entirely under his whim to oh, her yeah. entire class. Because if, if if she can make a joke that other other peasantry know to make androids, that means it's something that... That's even... a really good point. Yeah. So that was one of those things, like, it's one of those few, like, really... I, I always nod at what I call show-don't-tell moments, and this was that was one that, like, that could definitely be one. Not saying that they def- definitively said that, but it could. Yeah. We also have two characters named Zadek and Farah, who are, of course, Prince Reinhardt's right-hand men. Um, of course, I totally didn't forget them. Yeah, they were prominent parts of this story that really, you know, tugged on my heartstrings. I think, I think Zadek was the one... Well, Zadek has the big mustache, so yeah, his was mustache there. was more probably more famous than he was, but he had more sense than Pharaoh. Of course, Pharaoh's the one that was always trying to kill the doctor in the first two episodes. Wait, so who was the guy with the really epic, colorful hat? Um, that was, um, oh, I think that's Archimandrite. I think. Archimandrite, that's a perfect name for a hat like that. And, yeah. and the cloak like that was like crystal. a set of curtains. He, he had, he, yeah, he was actually in um, Tomb of the Cybermen as well. But for um, the most part, I felt like the costumes and set were really good in this. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. The the costumes, the uh, everything, even the beards that they put on, because I think most of the beards are actually glue-ons. I don't think they were, most of them were not real. I mean, it was clear that the BBC repurposed a lot of stuff from other shows in this one because it definitely went beyond their normal budget. <laughs> I yes. mean... Let's see, we were on an alien planet with high technology, but at a castle. Like, that's that's all it... BBC has castles, apparently. They, they do they, that. They've got the castles and all of that, they you got know, mid- the medieval, like, period to costumes. They make it be real in another planet, halfway across the galaxy. And then, and then you, all you do is you have a little flashy end on your sword and boom. Yeah, like, we, we really get to discover the power of convergent of evolution, you know? <laughs> All of these creatures are becoming humans and medieval clothes and, and these certain, you know, great points across the universe. Or they are humans in the future who have, you know, re-began society on this planet from a primitive you know, thing that had to rebuild had all their tools and then they developed society to medieval levels. 
I'm just saying, there's other possible origins. You're right, there's plenty of possible origins, but that seems to defy the, the grasp of the Time Lords. The Time Lords know that humans spread out all over the... Yes, but they seem to, at least, the, the two Time Lords here seem to think this is a very different species, oh. with a very different kind of lineage. Okay, well then, yeah, I guess you're right. If you go with Lamia's hairstyle, then that probably makes sense. <laughs> hey, there there is plenty of edges and edge work that are more vast and intricate in today's culture than there ever were, you know, in this picture of, of this market. Well, I actually really liked the sort of mix with, uh, this is a medieval-type civilization, but on another planet with, you know other good technology because it's kind of like everything that pops in that seems a little too modern like you know some social you know ideals or whatever that some of the more protagonistic characters hold Mm -hmm. stuff like that that just like would not quite fit in the time and it's just it it works because it's like who knows what it's like on alien worlds Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean the nice the nice thing about alien worlds is that you you can do whatever you want and you can have whatever budget you need but like whenever you you're right, whenever you get to more modern things, it can actually make it not age as well, because now you're dealing with the fact that oh, there was a car from the seventies. You, you never can go really beyond that time, and at least in this tech, I mean, like if they we saw like future, whenever you see future world, it's it's a bit off. Yeah, for me in my brain, I have to go like whenever that kind of technology mismatch happens. It's like always like <clears throat> this is a key aesthetic that we strive for. Mm his experience rather than an optimal function mm-hmm. and we see that all the time there's so much you know form over function that happens in fashion or you know in home design all the time mm-hmm. it's like a sexual selection versus natural evolution you know what is functional versus what, what is sexy I need water now don't we all Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, K9's pretty darn sexy. Yeah, and he doesn't he need water. Have you if seen... anything, he can get off of water and, you know, not be out stranded in it and be all the happier. <laughs> Where did this podcast go? <laughs> <laughs> Went to here. Many directions. Oh man, let's let's rate let's rate this one. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll launch into the rating. It's been a while since I pioneered the ratings. I used to have you know I used to quarter the market, you know, on this. But um, I thought this was a wonderful episode. Honestly, I, I think you know um, I come back to this and I've been um, surprised a few times. I think in this season, but <clears throat> Doctor Who's classic. One of the weaknesses for me is constantly its pacing. This got you hooked from the start. Um, it was really good, and it, it, even rare, it might have taken a dip somewhere in the third or fourth episode. Like, it started really hot, but I think it finished well, too. Um, I think this is a very well-rounded story with good, interesting characters, a nice concept, and um, a, a nice little, you know, spin with the androids in the mix in between, um, and had some delightful characters, and some characters that you just love to hate as well. This is a really fun episode. Um, I think in some ways it's not peak Doctor Who because... And maybe if I was living at the time this episode came out, I'd be much more taken with the philosophy of androids and having someone who could function just like a human and how that might be, even if they weren't one, you know, here and there. But um, for me and where I'm living in modern times, that's been a trope that has, 
you know, plagued my mind. I've, I've gone through that again and again, so I don't feel like it has that great philosophical inspiration that I value the most in Doctor Who. But all in all, this is a solid episode. I, I think this is um, a grand standard of its time. Um, I'm tempted to rate this higher, but I'm just going to level set myself right now at, at a 9 out of 10. This is a fantastic episode. Um, I think we can always dig in to find some other things that we might love a little bit more. Um, but there's not much to hate here. And that's a beautiful thing. Oh. I'd like to go next, if that's all right. Um, yeah, I, I think that this is another example of a very well-written story. Um, this season has been t- chock full of them. I think that, yeah, the, I think that there was, there was great execution of it. And, you know, in, in all fronts, I think the sets, costumes, acting, you know, writing, directing, all went well. As Colin said, the pacing was very good. Um, yeah, I, uh, gosh, man, I was, I was thinking eight, but I think you've tipped me over. I think I'm going to go with an 8.5. All right. I mean, I can't really disagree with anything that's been said so far. This was fun. It was, we got to see K9 just unleash the pure power (laughs) of this fully functional android dog, you know, right on to everything just loved it. I love everything about it. I love it when Doctor Who lets loose and stops trying to ever do or ever think that serious has to be in everything. That's that's when Doctor Who can just just let it all hang out and have fun oh, yeah. with it. And and those are my favorite ones. This this these this entire story arc has had that. And I think that I I'll I don't like if you were to if I were to say anything I don't I don't even know I I honestly don't care about any of the blemishes. Um, it was just a fun romp from beginning to end, and for me, that's going to give it a nice nine. I think this story actually does a very good job of utilizing its outdoor seat sequences, and I think it gives the whole story a completely different feel from previous stories. There's no rock quarries here. There's all That's there's true. it's all it's lush. Really beautiful. Yeah. It's lush and green and with castles and with water and with all, all sorts of things that and great locations too. I mean the one place where you think that there's supposed to be a secret entrance, there is tr- it really looks like a secret entrance. Um there's not really any characters that I disliked. I think the prince Reinhardt was probably one of the weaker actors, believe it or not. But overall, even he was very likable, and he actually took to the doctor almost immediately, which is very rare. Um, but I just, I feel like um, there's just, I mean, even even Peter Jeffries as, as Count Grendel was fabulous in this one. His, I think he, he wasn't too over the top with it, which helped, but also he was over the top enough with his smarminess and his uh, ick factor. So I think that really just kind of brings the whole thing together. Again, this really didn't have as much to do with The Key to Time, which may be why, as a standalone story, this is my favorite Key to Time story. This gets a 9.5 out of 10 for me. We're pretty aligned this go-round, yeah. huh, guys? I mean, and, and reflecting upon our, <laughs> our, you know our review of this episode, we really didn't get into a lot of gripes, which is rare. Yeah, I kind of want to bump mine up to a nine now. Yeah, I feel like (laughs) nearly every episode, even if it's one of our favorites, there's always things to turn over and to say, 
We did not like this. This is a glaring fault. But I, I think... I, I'm coming up empty. I think the reason why is, like, I'm pretty certain the set designer said, um, you want to have canine laser through an entire rock? I mean, I can make a paper that does that, but I can't do it with a rock. And they're like, fine. We'll own it. We'll own that moment. And when he pushes <laughs> through, and it's just like, we all see a paper thin. It's like... I don't even care. It's funny. <laughs> Canines made of steel. I got a steel man. That that little doggo. Time and time again. I I just I just gotta like take the side of Count, Count Grendel for a moment. Like looking in, going, my God, the Doctor has defeated our most advanced android, but he'll never make it through that paper thin wall. <laughs> <laughs> never will he make it through the best. Best fencer sword fighter in all of the planet and world. None has never been seen before this. Doctor takes care of that too. I mean, uh, but on, on at least Grendel's know it from everyone else. Like you took down the best fencer we ever had. Like, and and it was just like everyone's like he's like oh well I mean yeah it wasn't that good. And I did it with a fifteen foot scarf as well. Yeah, that was very poorly placed, I, so it constantly was, fell. I was so waiting for him to use the scarf as his weapon instead for a moment, like yeah, gladiator I that was style. At the beginning. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, good night, everyone. All right. Bye bye. Sayonara. See you guys at AwesomeCon this year. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. The Doctor Who would win, where we delve into which Doctor would win in a contest of, you'll find out. And tonight we actually thought of the who would win in a sword fight. Based on uh, Tom Baker's sword fight. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that. That was, like, the most epic thing. <laughs> I think we mentioned it, but not enough. Oh, gotcha. It was just too epic to miss out on. So we'll me- mention it twice now. Indeed. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sayonara. Thank you for coming. Bye.